Hey everyone, Ben once again interrupting your regularly scheduled Third Watch recap episode to give you one more friendly reminder about the huge reunion episode we have to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Third Watch. We are recording it this weekend, so you still have an opportunity to get some listener questions in. If you haven't already, just a reminder, we've got former cast members in Skip Sardis, Jason Wiles, Amy Carlson, Michael Beach, Avon Jung, Anthony Reibovar and Kobe Bell appearing on the show, as well as co-creator of the show, Ed Allen Bonero and Guy Norman. B who directed multiple episodes of the show so we will be recording that this weekend it will be airing on Monday the 23rd of September to commemorate 20 years since the show premiered so this is the only reunion of Third Watch happening this year to celebrate 20 years so make sure you do get those questions in if you have any burning ones you wish to put to them and we will pick the very best ones to put to them in that episode in the meantime it's now time for you to move into our latest Third Watch recap as we go into the 12th episode of season 6 the L word. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network. As we once again bring you another third watch recap, we are here for the twelfth episode of the sixth and final season. This one is called the L word. No, we're not here to recover. We'll recap. A show about lesbians. We're here to recap a show about the third watch because we went over that joke last week and I kind of feel it falls flat. Uh, this first aired on the 14th of January 2005. It was written by Victor D. Jesus and directed by Charles Hade. I wonder if you've heard of that name before. And it's an interesting one. Technically, is it a two-parter? Oh, we've gone over this last week, but we'll go over it more today. My name is Ben and I'm Dominican. We work fast. <laughs> I've heard... What's up, everybody? My name's Darvell, and I'll take out my little black book on the police commissioner. Oh, fuck it. I'm not even going to try to do a Charles Hayden impression. I tried it <laughs> off air, and it didn't even... I'll, I'll have to practice. I'll have to practice at it. You're failing this? before we even begin this episode, <laughs> yeah. Darvell. <laughs> can you believe this? John Sullivan all of a sudden thinks he can hurt me. <laughs> yeah, the DA's going to offer you a... The DA is going to offer some things, Darvel. That one, not the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'll have to, I'll have to practice more. I'll have to go back and watch the episodes with him in it more, or listen, or listen to him talk more, and then work on those impressions. Good idea. Good idea. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a an interesting one. Like, I mean, you you mentioned last week that this has kind of got a bit of a a flavor of the old Third Watch about it, and. Like, it's something that I saw, I think last week I was a bit, you know, blasé on. I was kind of like, yeah, no, I can see it, but it's, you know, not something that I think is completely true. Uh, but, like, I, I kind of am and sidetracking on my own opinion last week. I think that you, you raised a very good point, and maybe I didn't give it enough credit for that because, yeah, I think kind of it, it definitely does have a, a bit of a vibe about this. And, again, I think what I'm finding with some of these episodes is ultimately I'm not giving them as much credit as I thought. And, like, I've always said, I think at the beginning of this season... I appreciate season six for what it is a lot more every time I watch it, even though I'm obviously not a huge fan of it, and this will ultimately end up being the worst season of Third Watch. But there are definitely some shining lights. Obviously, we talked about last week being a real shining light, and this week, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot better than I think I give it credit for. Yep, and I'm really looking forward to when we get to, you know, this basically wraps up the whole Davis's D- Davis's dad storyline, and I'm I can't wait to share my opinions on that because I understand why it goes the way it goes. 
and I think I've said this to you before, I understand why it goes the way it goes, but I still think it, in some ways it's kind of anticlimactic. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely see that. And I think kind of, while it does have flavours of the old Third Watch about it, there are definitely... Um, flavours of the new third watch about it that kind of, you know, we've constantly said throughout this season that it's a season of two halves, and we're really into that second half, obviously, we're at episode 12 now, as I kind of said last week, but, you know, Cruz all of a sudden comes right back into the frame again, you know, she really becomes, I guess, the star of these final 11 episodes, you would almost argue, um, Jokas kind of takes a back seat for a little bit before she comes back into play, Bosco's coming back into it, we've got random explosions, Holly and Carlos are front and centre, um, Brendan and Finney, uh, Brendan and Grace are there um and yeah it's kind of it's 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 happening so yeah anyway we, we should get straight into it i think we've kind of got a, a start of this episode uh a bit of slow motion finny boxing because why not and third watch really like to do this thing this season i feel of kind of slow motion and mixed with voiceovers from previous episodes so uh you know it's it's giving finny's uh you know, his, his conflict that he's got right now, you know, his dad, he's found out what his dad's about to happen to him, and, you know, he's trying to do his own thing. Uh, we see C.T. Finney putting on a tie with his wife. We find out that he's been given to five now instead of nine. He obviously got given to nine at the end of the last episode. Now they've given him an extra eight hours, because why not? Um, his wife um, is there, and this is the first time we hear him say the L word. This is, I guess, why this episode is called the L word, because he says, I love you to his wife. He leaves and says it'll only take about an hour. So, and she gives a bit of a look as he uh, leaves. So, I'm going to say, how does she? How does it not tip her off? I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, how does it not tip her off that that something may be up? Because you know, we get to a scene later where Brendan says he never says that. So, how is how is Mrs. Finney? We or what's her name mary something like that uh, mrs so, finney yep <laughs> yeah yeah we'll, we'll call we'll call we'll call her mrs finney for now how how does mrs finney not immediately think wait what did you just say yeah um i mean yeah i i definitely think you're right but also maybe i guess there's a difference with saying i love you to your partner as opposed to your son because there are just some dads who don't say they love you to their sons it's kind of i guess a bit Taboo's not the word, but I guess it's kind of one of those things where it's not perceived as something that men do sometimes to each other, if you know what I mean. So, um, whereas I'm guessing at some point he's married this woman and (laughs) had to say I love you. Like, I don't think she would have ever married you without saying I love you, right? Well, that's fair, but but just the way she she reacts to it, the way she says, I love you too. Just, Mm. just Just the way she says that, it's like, he doesn't say that very often. Yeah, yeah, true, true. So he's off. He's uh, you know, been given a five. So we find that out. Um, we're in the uh the locker room at the precinct. Cruz is all happy. You the man, John Sullivan. She kind of gives Davis a hug. She's all happy that uh, Chief Rat has been locked up. Um, so you know, I, I do kind of like that. And this is the thing now, as I sort of said like last week or whenever it was. That kind of from this point on, you you kind of can't dislike Cruz. I feel like they really no do everything in their power right now to really put the like factor on Cruz. And I think, fair enough. And I really would love to hear from Cruz haters out there if they can try and tell me that they still hate Cruz in this final half of the season. I mean, look, honestly, the way she goes out in the finale is a bit questionable, and I will raise that. But um, I think until that moment, there's a lot of sympathy being played in Cruz in these last, uh, 
you know, 10, 11 episodes and I yeah. think for, for valid reason. Um, meanwhile, Holly uh, is on the phone to Carlos and uh, she's all happy and, you know, guess where I am? And she's trying to be all nice. I'm at that coffee store we went to the other day and Carlos doesn't really give shit. Um, and kind of dismissive of Holly, and Holly drops the L word. So we're getting a lot of L word. You can see why they've called this episode this. Uh, she says, I love you, and then Carlos is like, yeah, I'll see you later. Uh, meanwhile, moments, af- moments after just telling Carlos she loves him, she begins to flirt a little bit with this uh, Luis guy <laughs> in the coffee shop. Um, look, I'm not a fan of this whole situation because it's just so cheesy. You can tell something's about to happen here. You know, like the line yeah. when when he's all like, oh, you're not going to enjoy it here in the shop? And she's all like, what, not miss this beautiful day or whatever it is? Like, it's just so obvious. Um, and then as soon as she <laughs> walks out of the store, boom, huge explosion, everyone falls down, um, and it, boom, cut, there's your promo for this week on Third Watch. Give me your, give me your NBC promo this week. Next Friday, the biggest Third Watch of the season tackles the ultimate nightmare, a dirty bomb. <laughs> that's how, that's how the promo actually went. It's the thing that's annoying but, about this is that we had this what with Taylor when she was in that the explosion what was that in season three and kind of you know it was all implied you know was his terrorism was his terrorism oh, and here we act are in, brave yes and here we are in season six uh, really having our very first third watch terrorism storyline which again I'm still indifferent about I don't know how I feel about it um, but yeah I just I just I'm not a fan of this because again it just it feels so forced I don't know if how you feel about this. Yeah, it is a it is a bit over the top, but like I said, this, this particular scene it leads to, at least with regards to you know, the the firefighters the the firefighters and you know seemingly everybody responding to this co- to this coffee shop explosion and you get to see the the paramedics actually doing something um, mm. and you sort of see the firefighters doing doing stuff as well. You know that that's what I mean when I said it kind of has an old a, a classic third watch vibe to it. Mm. Yep, it should but it should have been more front front and center, you know, don't even bother with the with the terrorism with the terrorism storyline here. I mean, it has its moments, but the terrorism storyline here just I I don't think it works very well. You know, have this be an episode, you know, where everybody's everybody's the have this be the everybody's there episode you know have it have it be you know them rescuing people from the coffee shop or um putting out the fire in there or rushing rushing people to the rushing people to the the hospital and then have that have that and also have the 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 conclusion of the who murdered davis's father storyline forget the terrorism aspect yeah, completely agree, and I think that um, you know you do miss a lot of like with the everyone there storyline because I mean you barely even blink and see the firefighters, you know what I mean? So it's kind of it's yeah. just it's 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 yeah, I completely agree with you, and I think that um, this is definitely one of those ones that does feel repetitive. Um, that you know we really have seen this before, so I think that it's it's tricky. Um, and like, obviously this is season six style when it comes to 
something like this, and you, you're realistically not going to have a all-in episode like we used to, because I yeah. mean, you just you just not because they don't give a fuck about the firefighters anymore. Like, absolutely don't give a fuck about them. But there's potential there, I think, particularly given that we've got a paramedic involved in this, you know what I mean? And and this is, I think, the thing, too, the fact that they use Holly for this. You know, somebody who, again, hashtag justice for Holly, she should be a main cast member. Um, You know, if this was if this was Karloff, this, if this was Grace, like, they would be doing this completely differently. Um, You know, we saw that kind of, I guess, last season with Kim in the rave, you know, sort of it's done slightly differently when she's involved. So, yep. um, yeah. Uh, but like, there's still like I, I can't disagree with you. I think there's still definitely elements um, to the the past in terms of what we've got here. But uh, anyway, yeah. so we've got the we've got the credits, and um, then we've got Carlos in the ambulance with Grace. Speaking of Grace, and uh, you know, Carlos is here questioning like, what is it with women and the L word? Um, you know, we find out Grace has never said the L word to a guy. <gasps> and then we hear on the radio that there's been an explosion at second and six. And this is just one of those ones where it's like, why does that address sound so familiar? Like, it's kind of like we had that, what, last week or the week before with, why does that phone number sound so familiar? Like, there's always that foreshadowing yeah. that's got to be connected to it. Uh, and of course, Grace happens to be the be all and end all of everything to do with New York City. Like, oh, there's a touch and such here. Such here. There's that coffee shop, Louise's, that Holly took me to the other day. Um, so. <laughs> Obviously, straight away, Carlos is like, boom, fuck, shit. Um, I do kind of like when uh, Sully pulls up uh, and is outside the, the explosion scene and they're talking to the fire crews. And he's like, I'm not an expert, but I'd say there was an explosion. Um, yeah. Cruz is there. We've, we've met Manny for the first time, even though he doesn't uh, talk straight away. But um, here he is, Manny Perez. Uh, who, what, just want to say, has appeared on this show. Um, so if you want to listen to the interview that uh, I had, uh, what, earlier last year it was? Um, yeah. With, and why am I going blank on the actor's name here? Help me out. This is really good that I do. Manny Santiago, sorry. Manny Perez is the actor. There you go. That's why I did actually just say <laughs> the actor. Um, so Manny Santiago is the officer. And the actor is Manny Perez. I knew there was a Manny Perez in there. So, uh, yeah, yep. Manny was good to chat to on the show. Obviously, uh, you know, not as in-depth as some of our main cast members, but still he plays a significant role in the second half of this season. Do you like? Do we like Manny? Yeah. Yeah, we do. And I, I, I think I listened to a little bit of that interview, and um, it sounds, and from what I gather, you know, it sounds like he, he, really, did en- he really did enjoy his, his very limited time on there and, and that, and that he, and that he, like us, wishes it could have gone on longer. Yeah, yeah, and I think kind of um, from what I remember it too. Yeah, you're right, and because like he, I don't think he was fully aware of it from memory as well. Like he wasn't that like on terms of the third watch, but uh, yeah, I think the thing with man, like we've kind of had this revolving doors with Cruz, haven't we? That she's kind of had like a side sort of person, like with Dade, and you know all these sort of people across the uh, across the years, but. Manny kind of is the one, I think, which they bring in at the right time because it's going on about how they really try and make you, I guess, sympathise with Cruz at this point. Yeah. We kind of have one, this person who finally, I guess, at the end of the day, you know, they're, they're never trying to imply that there's, I think, a relationship here. It's more about the fact that they're trying to make it out that, hey, Cruz, you've got someone who can be a friend to you. Um, yeah. Which, which I think they really do well with with Manny because obviously he plays a little bit of a significance in that finale when it comes to uh, Cruz's final moments. 
So, yeah, I mean, he never really has a whole lot to do, does he? He's just kind of no. there for Cruz, I think. Yeah, but it still works. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It definitely does uh, still work. But, uh, yeah, they're here investigating this fire, um, and they're trying to get all the names and everything. There's all burnt bodies. Carlos is angry in the ambulance, yelling at people. There's random cops saying, like, hey, what are we meant to do? And then Carlos just gives up and gets out and just runs a couple of blocks because why not? Um, Davis and Finney in the car, which is it's a very awkward sort of thing if you think about these two still working together and kind of, you know, I do like the fact that uh, Davis is uh, like saying to Finney, like, you know, we're going to have a problem today. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously Finney's kind of like, my dad's turning himself in today and uh, Davis is just, you know, hey, we've got duties, we've got to do this. So, I mean, yeah. Surely Swirsky's involved. Like, surely Swirsky has been brought up to speed with what's happening with this. Like, are these two legitimately going to be partnered up together? Like, hey, we've just found out that your dad murdered my dad. Let's still partner you up together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's probably not the best idea. Yeah, I just, I just don't see it logically happening. Um, but anyway, this is third watch. Sometimes logic goes out the door. Um, Carlos gets to the scene of the explosion, asks for Holly. We find her. She's inside. She's helping Luis. Um, they're going through the motions. Holly, uh, saying to Luis, it's going to be okay. Um, we find out that there's, uh, one dead, two critical. Um, we're in the hospital and then Cruz and Manny are helping out, and we find out that there's a kid dying in the hospital, and they need to go notify his uh, parents, basically, because he's not going to make it, so that's going to set them up to go a bit, uh, bit of exploring. Um, then we've got C.T. Finney here with our uh, yeah. the chief guy, who essentially is the one that we've already established has been in the show before, and uh, the captain is saying, you've lost this one, you're not going to win this one, uh, you need to turn yourself in. Uh, Finney's saying, I'm going to got my little black book on the police here, um, and he's basically saying, this apartment used to know loyalty, I'm not taking a plea, and he kind of walks yep. off. And I just want like, yep. just quickly before I you say... I do like what you, that discussion. Yeah, I'm just going to quickly say before you say that, that like, yeah, I yeah. do too, and I think that, again, we're not, we've never complained that Charles Hayde isn't a great actor, and that he sells this so well. And I kind of think that, yeah, like, I'm with you. It kind of falls a bit flat, the ending of this, and he maybe should have got a bit of justice. But at the same time, I can kind of see why they do what they do with this character at the end. It kind of, it, it almost makes sense for him to do what he ends up doing. But I think that desperation from C.T. Finney here, like, we're not meant to feel sympathy for it. It's more about what Brendan's feeling throughout all this episode. But, yeah, I'm with you. I really like this scene. Yeah, and... I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense what he, the what ultimately happens to him because I I said this to I've said this to you off air as well that you know it's this it's exactly what a person what ends up happening is is exactly what a person like him does when they know they're cornered they're not gonna they they're going to try dealing with it on their own terms we'll just say it like that for now but yeah I. The, the line, I don't know why this particular line is the one that always sticks out to me the most in this discussion. It's when Chief, whatever his name is, I keep forgetting Mac his name. McInerney or... Mac yeah, something, something, something like that, yeah. Um, it's But it's when he says, this isn't the 70s, Cathal. I don't know mm. why that line sticks out to me so much, but it does. 
and sorry, it just goes to show. I, I think yeah, yeah, sorry, I hadn't finished. No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm <laughs> coughing. I'm interrupting my man. Just <laughs> let me have another sip of coffee. I I need another sip of this uh, beautiful cup of Joe in my hand. Keep going. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and it, it just it goes to show, you know how how much C, how much CT is just stuck in the stuck in the old in the old times because I mean, I mean, and and when he says. When 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 McInerney or whatever his name is, when he says, you know, we've got too many eyes looking at us, the 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 PC, the internet, the press, the PC is going to have to answer to them. All I can do is all I can do is think to myself. Now think about. I mean, you think you had too many eyes looking at you, and with this with this line, we got too many eyes looking at us. You think you had that in '05. Mm-hmm. Here we go again with today. Can you yeah. imagine what would happen today? By the time he delivered that line, it would be out. Well, I think it, it would be few, out. And I think there's a few questionable things around the whole way this actually gets out, and I'll get to that very soon when they sort of talk about the media stuff. But um, it's yeah, you're absolutely right. And this is pre-social media. I mean, social media sort of existed in 2005. You know, MySpace was becoming a thing, like Live Journal, things like that. But you know, the, the explosion of social media definitely was not a thing back then. So. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think kind of it's, it's definitely, you know, going back to what we were talking about last week, interesting to kind of see how that all played out in terms of the flashback and everything like that. But, um, yeah, different times. It's, it's always interesting when they explore these sort of things along those ways. So, um, yeah, I, I can't disagree with anything you're saying there, but, um, it's a great yeah. scene, I think. Yeah. And I wish I could, I wish I could see, I wish I could see CTs expressions during this scene because i can i can hear it i can hear it in his voice you know he's trying to be he he still sounds kind of calm and collected and arrogant as ever but at the same time but at the same time there's a note of desperation in his voice like uh uh, beneath all that i mean you can just tell he he you you can still tell that he knows he's he knows he's screwed Mm -hmm. so and i i mean i yeah, I, I was going to say, I sort, I sort of picture, I sort of picture him, you know, hit like what he might look like during the scene. I sort of picture him, you know, looking like he's trying to keep his his arrogant facade up, but beneath that, you can you can see it sort of slipping. You know, he's starting to look really desperate. And I think there is that, and I think. Um... You know, I seem to be always calling out people for good facial acting. Um, that just comes a part of acting, Ben. But I, I definitely think yeah, yeah, he's his facial acting uh, really sells. And yeah, you're right. Like that look of desperation and everything on his face kind of throughout all of this sort of stuff. You know, it really does uh, show and everything that comes across with everything. So, um, yeah. yeah. And again, for, yeah. for a character that, you know, I guess at the end of the day where... Um, we're not meant to feel any sympathy for him. We really don't give a shit about it at the end. Um, it still doesn't does well. And I think it also that's a good way that Charles Hayes is actually directing this episode as well as, you know, being the star of it too. So he's able mm-hmm. to, I guess, get out of it what he wants to get out of it as a director and as an actor. So um Yep, and major props to you, Charles Hayde. You really indeed. sold this. Indeed. Uh we get more Bosco, Yokus with Bosco. Um, and can I just point out, like, we've, we're getting a few bits of Bosco now until he ultimately gets released next week, but I think they do this well. We remember we complained a lot last season with Yokus. It's kind of like, why do they even have this in there? Like, there's no reason for any of this to be in there, and it just felt too much. 
Like, I'm yeah. glad they didn't do that with Bosco this season. And I kind of think that, yeah, it's sad. And we've sort of talked about how this show was missing stuff without Bosco in it. But when we kind of get him back and we just kind of get only some very brief moments with him in the hospital, I think it works. And we never go too far with kind of the Bosco recovery stuff. So here we've obviously yeah. got him um, talking with Yokus. And, uh, you know, she's still talking a little bit about uh, Charlie and Emily. He's going to come and see Charlie when they get out. Um, uh, we find out that he's seeing a neurologist in the hospital who's a female, which kind of goes nowhere. Like, they imply that there might be some romance between these two, but that never goes anywhere. Um, and then I do kind of like how he's like, oh, I get to show my charms. And then Yoko's is like, oh, you can show them your good side. There's a bit of awkward silence because he's got, like, this scar on his face, like this bandage. Yeah. She's kind of like, I didn't mean that. And he's like, it's okay. And it's another thing, too, which they kind of... They go out of their way, I guess, to sort of imply that Bosco is going to be very self-conscious about this scar, and they kind of do allude to it. Like, obviously, we're going to get a bit of that next week, but yeah. it's something that kind of just disappears after a while, isn't it? This whole Bosco and his scar thing. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say it disappears entirely because whether or not he can actually do the job, it does become an it does become an an issue here in a few episodes. Yeah, I'm, I'm with more potentially disastrous self- consequences. Yeah, I meant more in terms of the self-conscious aspect of it, not necessarily gotcha. like the yeah, like in terms of the, we seem to be implying in these few episodes that oh, he's really it's a very you know soft spot. Don't talk about the scar, um, but like they don't they kind of that's what I mean where it kind of disappears after a while. Gotcha. Um. So yes, we got that. Um, and Cruz and Manny show up to interview this uh, woman about somebody called Stephen, and then we, they, she starts laughing in his face and basically says, what the hell are you talking about? My Stephen's been dead for 20 years, and then we find out this was her ex-husband, and um, there's an identity theft going on here, uh, and Cruz and Manny are like, well, this is meant to be a simple notification, but, you know, what the hell's going on here? Um, yeah. We see the burnt guy in hospital, kind of, you know, a bit of a connection with that, then... We've got um, we've got Davis and Finney taking a guy back into the precinct. They've got one for newspaper theft. There's a storyline I want to see. Um, <laughs> newspaper theft. <laughs> who the fuck steals a newspaper? And more importantly, who would call the cops on someone for stealing a freaking newspaper? Yeah, don't steal the newspaper. Pay for it. There are some people still working in the newspaper industry who need you to buy those papers so we can pay our salary. Um, yes. Uh, just pointing that out there. Just yeah. saying that for a friend. Um, but where's, what was the, what was the department in season five, the Department of Public Relations or Corrections or whatever that weird department was that went after public decency or whatever the hell that one was? Like, where's the, yeah. where's the NYP Department for Newspaper Relations or something like that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't the know journalism department of the NYPD. Uh, <laughs> it probably does exist. Probably. I mean, they'd have the comms team, but I mean, it's still kind of <laughs> protecting all the newspaper uh, from being stolen in the five boroughs of New York City. <laughs> um, Just the idea C- of that. C.T. Finney is here at the cop station because, you know, why wouldn't he show up here where everybody hates him? Davis and Sully are obviously very shocked, like they let you out, and C.T. Finney's talking for, uh, wanting to talk to Brendan. Um, and then I do love the way that kind of Sully really just stands up to him and is like, you're a smug son of a bitch, you know that? And then uh, C.T. Finney talk, turns to Swirsky and it's all like, you're going to let a uniform talk to me like that? I'm still a police captain. Um, and then Swirsky's just like, you should go, sir. And it's like, you're taking the wrong side. And he's like, I want this out of my house. So, yeah, you go, Swirsky. Um, 
Yeah. We've got Davis, we've got Davis on the phone. He's going off at someone, uh, you know, don't tell me to come down. You gave him to five. Um, and then basically him and Sully are sort of panicking. You know, he was right. A patrol cop can't bring down a captain. Only people go down are the good ones. And they're sort of telling each other like, Hey, come on, you know, calm down, calm down. Uh, see Tiffany and Brendan are by the river. It's kind of a nice little scene. It's kind of the last time these two, I guess, will be together in person. And Brendan's sort of saying, like, I tried to call you yesterday, since yesterday, what's going on? CT Finney's just, I guess, trying to delay the inevitable. He's trying to talk about the river and everything. And then he's basically saying, like, oh, you know, people like Davis, people like Sully, they're jealous of us. And then I guess we get the real telltale sign here to Brendan when he's, Brendan says to his dad, like, tell me the truth. Is it true? Simple yes or no. And CT Finney grabs him and he's basically like, I promise you one thing, I'll never spend a day in jail. And then he walks off. And then we get this really long shot of Brendan's face, of kind of just this shock and sadness on his face, which kind of goes on for a little bit too long. But, um, yeah, it's, um, you know, I think if you needed to find out if he's guilty or not, we just got to find out pretty clear right there. Yeah. And, and like, I, like I said, I've long, I've long said that Brendan, you know, when he, re- when he found out what CT did, I mean, he was like sad, shocked, horrified disgusted all of it and if and if what you just said is any indication it sounds to me like it like all that shows in his face mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely and i think i need to give props to josh stewart in this and next week's episode because you know i've, I've said that i think the guy's a good actor and i think that he kind of there's definitely some stuff in third watch which really doesn't showcase his acting abilities and we've already gone over some of that and I've kind of felt very indifferent about his character because I just don't understand what they're trying to achieve with his character, particularly early on. But he's great in this episode. He's great next week. Um, and I think this is these are the episodes where you finally, I guess, start to get that connection to Finney, and I think you finally try to understand a little bit about who he is. And it would have been very interesting moving forward uh, had there been a Season 7, what they could have done with Finney. And I think kind of we're finally getting on that level where, as a viewer, I know I'm finally, I guess, thinking like, hey, I kind of give a shit about this character now. Um, whereas that's the difference between him and Grace. Grace is the ultimate meh character. Like, there's really a couple of weeks, we meet a mum, cool. Um, but, like, outside of that, what is there to care about with Grace? Whereas, at least with Finney, I feel as though we've dug a little bit deeper here beyond the surface, and it's like, okay, yeah, I want to learn a little bit more about this guy. Yeah, I got you there. Um, and, yeah, I, I do wish that there, had been a se- that there had been a seventh season so that we could, we could see him develop more and maybe and – maybe, because, I mean, after, after finding that out, you know, about his dad and everything, you can bet this guy went, you can bet that this guy, even if we don't see it, you can bet he, he goes out of his way to show his fellow, his fellow officers and, and maybe even prove to himself that he is not, he is not CT. Mm. Yeah, and I think kind of... Yeah, you're right. And I think there's also a bit here that they could have explored, similar to what you had with Taylor. And it would have actually been really interesting if Taylor, you know, bring Finney when Taylor's still around, because, you know, Taylor comes from this family of, of like, firefighters and everything. And, you know, it's implied that, obviously, with with C.T. Finney's history in the NYPD, that there's a lot of respect for the Finney family. And, yeah, okay, we get a little bit of that with Davis. Um, but, you know, I think kind of this would have been very interesting to explore that a little bit more. But, um, yeah, yeah, we can maybe talk a little bit about potentials of Season 7 and things, uh, you know, in our series recap and maybe our Season yeah, 6. We we, yeah, we should. We should. Kind of think about some Make things. Make up our own Season there. 7. 
Um, so then we've got uh, Stephen, uh, the chasing this Stephen guy. They've read his employment, and we've got this guy who's basically just like, oh, after 9 11, we had to do six types of security check. I do the best type of check. And then straight away, uh, Cruz pokes holes in that theory by calling a number that he left on the form, and it's a DMV. So they're like, okay, uh, you haven't done this very good. Um, Holly's at the uh, back of the firehouse. And, uh, you know, she's still obviously a bit upset about things. Carlos just kind of brushes her off, like, hey, get over it, stop reliving it. And then uh, Holly tells about the story about a, excuse me, documentary she saw about Jerusalem, where after a bombing, um, there's just phones ringing everywhere because everyone's just trying to ring. A pretty, you know, sad story. Um, yeah. And Holly's basically here saying, you know, look, doesn't it make you feel like you've picked a horrible time to fall in love? Carlos doesn't really say anything. And uh, Holly's just basically like, we're not 21. This isn't about sex. I can't do this anymore. It's over. We're through. And she kind of walks off. So I think this is the thing that I really appreciate about kind of what they do with Holly and Carlos here as well is that, like, it allows Carlos to grow in the relationship. And I think, you know, we don't, we often talk about how the paramedics this season are just the comedy fodder. But, like, I think what they do well in this season, particularly with Carlos, is we saw it last season. We finally had that, you know, growth and kind of full circleness when it comes to him finding his family. Great, they've closed that off. So I think kind of the next step is to make Carlos be able to settle down and get in a relationship because we've never seen him in a relationship. You know, I don't count Vanjie as a relationship, obviously, for either. obvious reasons. So I think kind of, you know... In these next, particularly this episode, next episode, we really get that from Carlos. Sort of, you know, like, oh, I always leave before, you know, they wake up in the morning and things like this. And then just, you know, we're going to get some great stuff from him turning around like, hey, I've never felt this way before. I don't know what I'm doing here and things like that. And I think kind of it ultimately sets it up very well for what we're ultimately going to get with these two. So, um, (laughs) yeah, I've got to give some big commendation to the the development of Carlos this season, even though he's obviously not as front and centre as he usually is. Definitely. And I want to want to back up a little bit to when uh, when Carl when Carlos was telling was saying to Holly, you know, stop, stop, re, stop reliving it. It, it. it happens or whatever. You can't let it. You can't let it affect you or whatever. Again, probably a cheesy line, probably one that wouldn't have worked very well. But I kind of wish Holly would have shot back with something like. Just to acknowledge, just to acknowledge him, I kind of wish she had shot back with something like, like Doc did. Hmm. Hmm. That would have been a good. Yeah. Yeah. That. That's a good point. Didn't think about that. What? Yeah. So. So you. You don't think it would have been a. You don't think it would have been a really cheesy, unnecessary line oh, to throw in there. I mean. <sighs> It could have been, but I think it also could have worked, you know. I, and I'm always for a random little reference to a past character, so you know. Yeah, because <laughs> so. that is we we've established we established that last season with no more forever. That is exactly what Doc did, and that is mm-hmm. the very reason he fell so hard and yeah. so far. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think kind of like that's that's a very good point. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it would have been that cheesy. So you know, it could have worked. Um, yeah. Let's get through some of these things next bits a bit quickly because uh, some yeah. of the terror stuff I think we can just gel over. <laughs> um, so uh, Cruz and Manny uh, going through uh, files and trying to find more information. Uh, get a 
nice little bit of banter between Cruz and uh, Manny, you know, like talking about Dominican and I work fast and eating food and all this sort of stuff. So they've got an address. They're about to go off there. And then we meet a random guy who's this random detective guy. We meet him as Detective Rice from the JTTF, the Joint Terrorism yep. Task Force. Um, I do like what- I do like him. I do. I do like him as well. I just, I think it's odd what they do in this two episode arc where they basically put this big flirtation and imply that these two are going to hook up. And then essentially we get a twist around that next week and we're never to see him again. So it's kind of like, uh, I would have liked it if they bring this guy in to actually have him and Cruz kind of hook up or something like that. Like, I don't know. I just feel it's odd the way they do this. So, yeah. uh, but I, I, again, I, I'm with you. I do like this guy. Yeah, I, I wonder who played him. I think it was. I could be wrong, but it's it. His voice kind of sounds like Anthony Anderson. McKelty Williamson is his okay. name. Okay, um, I thought it was Anthony Anderson. He is best known. Oh my god! I just realized that, that sounds a really thing. He's Bubba from Forrest Gump. What? <laughs> no, he is not. I do not believe that. He does not look anything like Bubba. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> And he was Brian Hastings in season eight of Twenty Four. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Baby Owen Conair. He was in Heat. Um, I, I'm blown away that that's Bubba from Twenty from Forrest Gump. Like I kind of see it, but it's like in um, Designated Survivor, the um, the main Secret Service dude who helps uh, Kiwi Sutherland's character. That's actually Yul Brenner from Cool Runnings, and I don't see it like. He's aged in such a way that I just can't even recognize him from Cool Runnings, and it's kind of it's it's the same here. I can't recognize him as Bubba. Like it's it's odd. It's like when I watch House of Cards, Robin Wright. It took me forever. Like when I started watching House of Cards, I'm like that woman. She's so familiar, and I realized it's Jenny from Forrest Gump. And you can kind of see it. Like I definitely think you can see it more than you can with uh, this guy. But holy crap, that's Bubba from freaking Forrest Gump. Jesus Christ! Anyway, I like this guy even more now. <laughs> I want him, I want him to I want him to redo this and be like, you know, oh, there's all kinds of terrorists: terrorists on toast, terrorists and potato, roast terrorists. Well, I think that's about all the type of terrorists there are. <laughs> oh Lord, <laughs> I love Bubba. Anyway, um, so yes, with shock horror, it's terrorism, Darvel. They're, they're chasing after somebody. Because, of course, there's an explosion. So, of course, it's got to be connected to terrorists. Uh, so, the guy in a coma, we find out that um, he's, uh, whatever his name is, and essentially, uh, Detective Rice is all like, hey, the only reason I'm talking to you is because you're a sergeant. You need to help me here. We find out he's number two on their most wanted list of terrorists. He's a homegrown terrorist. And it's just a massive coincidence that he was in this uh, coffee shop. He works for a waste management company. And essentially, uh, they're going to go and investigate this. He's threatening crews. I can have you locked up under the Patriot Act. Duh, duh, duh. You know, I'm going to be so... Yeah, great. Um, we find out that it was a gas leak that caused the explosion. I've written here, Cruz takes detective flirt because um, she's going to take <laughs> Detective Rice to the uh, the waste management company to go talk with them. Um, I do like here uh, Carlos with uh, Grace. You know, she dumped me. I don't get dumped. Um, so kind of a good setup. Yeah. Uh, I really do not like this next scene because it leads us into a foreshadowing for a pretty bad storyline in a couple of weeks' time, which I'm not a fan of. Uh, this little boy on the jungle gym. I want my mommy. Um, well, wouldn't and- you if you fell off the jungle gym and broke your arm? This kid is just one of those <laughs> annoying kid actors who can't act and he's just terrible. 
Like, remember we talked about this um, last season when it uh, the the one with the police impersonating people, raping the woman, and you had that kid who talked yeah. to Kim and Cruz. And I said, like, he kind of reminds me of that kid, but that kid did it better. This kid is just so annoying. And, like, don't get me started on that episode in a couple of weeks. Brendan! Brendan! Like, oh, not a fan. And just, I roll my eyes when I see this kid. I'm not a fan of him. Um, but we're going to get very shortly him... Uh, and Brendan bonding great. Um, and we get a really you cheesy... Got, you... Sorry. No, no, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I mean, you do have to give it... You do have to hand it to Brendan, though. I mean, yeah, the the kid may or may not be annoying. I mean, I'll I'll wait till we get to that episode to really discuss that in terms of my, in terms of my perspective. But, I mean, there... I mean, he does do a he does do a good job of 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 bonding with this of bonding with this kid. The char- Brendan, the character is gr- is great with this is yeah. great with this kid, and he is. I agree. I agree. I just don't like <laughs> the kid. <laughs> yeah, I got you. He's a uh, he he's a shit. oh I, oh I was gonna say he's dirty kid of season six, but then I thought no that wouldn't work. No, because dirty kid doesn't say anything. Like dirty no, kid just is dirty, and dirty kid kind of cute whereas this kid's a pain in the ass um i will say at least with this kid they have a storyline that goes somewhere unlike dirty yeah kid. um so <laughs> anyway so uh we get a really cheesy speaking of cheesy line sully's outside guarding this terrorist guy and you've got this random nurse emma who is all of a sudden becoming a thing um but she's like oh are you okay Sully? you look like you have the weight of the world on your shoulders like i hate that line it's so bad and he's <laughs> well all he like, does oh. kind of yeah, but it's just such a cheesy line to say to someone. Um, and then, you know, he's all like, oh, I had a bad day and now I'm going to do this. And he basically says to her, like, oh, I'm not taking down you. I need to use the head. Can you look after me? So uh, look after this guy. Oh, nothing's going to go wrong as soon as the cop says, hey, can you watch this guy for me? Absolutely uh-huh. nothing. None I mean, at I, all. Nothing at all. I mean, it's he's going to come back and the guy is going to be the same as he left him. So we're back at the uh, waste Not! management. Com- <laughs> we're at the waste management company, and uh, Cruz and uh, Detective Bryce are questioning this guy. We find out that they deal with medical byproducts, and there's a product called cesium involved in X-rays, which you can use for dirty bombs. Dun dun dun! Plot twist. Uh, then we're back at the hospital. Uh, Sally comes back from the toilet. Oh, of course, two guys have tried to come and see this other guy. They do a runner through the hospital. Sally chases the guy up on the roof. And then we basically turn into terrorism on steroids because we've got this guy basically speaking Arabic to which he pulls out the whole Halakbar and then falls off the roof and then Sully drops a crap. Um, look, I just, I, just, I just don't know how I feel about the terrorism storyline. I just, I keep saying that. I can't give an opinion on it. I don't absolutely hate it, but I don't know if it fits in Third Watch. At the same time, it kind of does. You're in New York City. It's three, four years after 9-11. Everyone's still on high alert. There's still all these threats going on. But I just, I feel like, on the grand scheme of things, like, uh, does a terrorism storyline belong in a show like Third Watch? Like, uh, I don't know. I just, I don't know. <laughs> and, and my whole thing, you know, the whole time when Sully is chasing these guys through the hospital and out and out of and out onto the roof and all that, the whole time I'm thinking, Sully, you're packing, shoot them both in their legs or something and drop them. Well, I think Come it's, on. but I think it's kind of probably that day and age 
and it still be the case maybe that like around the the fear of terrorism like this guy could have a bomb like they don't know that i mean he you know there there could be something that if he shoots him it could goes off or something along those lines so um i don't know but yeah, we've got a terrorist. He said we've had the words Al Akbar, and I, I know that that is not a that is what God is great. I know that that is not yes. a terrorist yes, term. That's, that is that's a, what it means. An Islam uh, term for you know everyone says it in that language. It's just I guess been negatively portrayed in the media and around yes. terrorism because you know they generally say God is great before committing what they do. So um, yeah, you know it would be no different if. Uh, Christian fundamentalists say praise Jesus and then blow themselves up or something like that. It's not going to be negative to say praise Jesus. Um, yeah, and you know there's and there there are some of there are some of my religion out there who I firmly believe are crazy enough to do that. Yeah, I yeah. haven't heard I haven't heard about it, but I'm sure somewhere out there there's someone contemplating that. I just Let's I just want to like. Wrong. I think it'd just be funny, like, if you can kind of look at a synopsis of uh, Season 6 of Third Watch and put a few bullet points down, you could be like, Sully takes on a terrorist, Faith takes on a vampire. Like, let's go back to Season 1 and <laughs> just have that down. In the future of Third Watch, what a future storyline. Sully versus a terrorist, Faith versus a vampire. Um, so it's like, wow, Third Watch really goes meta in Season 6. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Brendan's with a little boy, gives him his number, great. Um, Grace and Finney have a little bit of a moment. She offers to talk to him. He says he's fine. Great. Uh, Holly's there. Luis didn't make it. Sad. Um, and this is where we get kind of the big, the big drama of the episode. CT Finney calls Brendan, um, and he tells him that I missed my appointment. Uh, I want to let you know I'm proud of you. I'm sorry. And I love you. And then Brendan's like, what did you just say to me? Uh, and then um, he says, I said, I love you. And then we get this, get this real tense music, this real, real tense music. And basically says to Dave, like, we got to go, we got to go. Um, we've got Cruz questioning uh, the other guy from the hospital who didn't go up on the roof and jump off the roof. Um, and basically they're trying to get it out of him. Uh, they can't get anything out of him. Detective Rice is like, something is odd here. Uh, it's been verified that they had cesium. And Detective Rice is like, I'm going to call the feds. They need to take this guy to Guantanamo, Guantanamo Bay. Uh, and, you know, there's a reason why they interrogate this. You know, back in the good old mid-2000s, Darvell, where, where uh, torture was just gone, oh, God, you Americans and torturing people. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the good old days. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. so meanwhile, Cruz is like, look, until the feds get here, I'm going to keep interrogating him. Then we get, yeah, like this really dramatic stuff. I'm like, look... I would put this up for a top five moment if this was for a character we gave a shit about. And, like, uh, it's... I feel as though I want to say this is a potential top five moment, but at the same time, I think we're going to have ones that will override this. I'll just put it... I'll just put top five as a possible, just because I, th- I yeah, like the way tentative. it's edited. It's very tense, and it's edited very, very well. Um, so we kind of get, like, uh, Finney driving off really quickly, gets to the house and looks around and, you know, Dad, Dad, where are you? Um, and then Davis is kind of like, what's going on? And Finney's like, he said, I love you. Like, he's never said that before. Um, then he rushes into the garage, finds his dad. His dad's kind of done the whole lock himself in the garage, turn the engine on and die of, what, carbon monoxide poisoning or whatever it is. Yeah, um, there is no way he dies that quickly. Unless, of course, he was already in know. the garage, in his car, when he made that phone call. Well, at the same time, maybe this is a case of, um, I mean, New York's a big city. 
Uh, they could live in one of the very outer burrows. Um, so there's that possibility. Um, you know, we've often gone off at the show for kind of having creative licensing over how things they get to from point A to point B pretty quickly. But at the same time, maybe this is a case where they do live quite uh, some distance from the hospital they're at. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so they get there and uh, he takes his dad out of the car and he's crying on Davis. I just I love the way Davis kind of looks on because you feel for Davis in this moment. Like, there's just silence with Davis. But you, you know that like it's kind of like, this is hard for Davis because this is a guy who killed his dad. But here he is with his partner and his friend and he's, you know, he's at the end of the day, he, that's his father. Like, yeah, he's an absolute jerk and he killed his dad, but... You know, Davis is still human. He's kind of not just going to be like, oh, he deserved it, you know. Um, well, he did. So, yeah, yeah. He did deserve um, it. So Carlos and Holly have a bit of a come together here. And this is, again, great scene with Carlos, kind of the development of his character. So this is where he kind of, you know, approaches Holly and he's just like, look, you know, I'm sorry. I heard about your friend. Like, it's not about saying the word. Like, you know, you didn't call me. You know, you told me about this Jerusalem story, but who did you call? Uh, and then Kylos is like, look, I've never felt this way. Um, you know, I've never felt that way about worrying about someone. You know, I ran all the way to see you. I was afraid about losing you. And this is all I can give you right now. It's not about a word. It's about actions. And like, it's just, it's just a great moment here from Carlos to, for him to say this it to is. all people. And like, again, in a season where, you know, I think if we didn't have a great scene in the final episode between these two, you could nominate this for a top five moment. But, um, yeah, this, I just don't think this would make it, but, uh, <laughs> You know, again, I love the, development, the scene between them the, in the final episode. <laughs> the development of Carlos just is really, really good that he can sort of say this. So, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> we then have uh, back to Davis and Finney. Davis is saying we're going to call this in. And Finney's basically saying, like, you know, we've got to make this look like an accident. You know, what about my mum? What about his pension? You know, I'm not going to have my brother and sister pay for what he did. You know, he was working on his car. You know, please, Ty, please. And he, Davis is just basically like, okay, dirty his hands up. So they're going to make it look like he was working on his car. Which, again, like, you've got to, you've got to say, like, you kind of, they allude to it next episode when they kind of say, like, oh, they all know, but they're being quiet. But... Again, this isn't the 80s or the 70s, as they kind of said earlier on. And it's it's like, are they not going to investigate this? Like, this guy was meant to turn himself in at 5 o'clock. He's working on his car in his suit. Like, and surely they're going to walk into that room and they're going to smell the traces of, like, the, the fumes. So, you know. And like, who works on their car in a suit? Come on. Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's... We don't really care too much about yep. this guy to kind of give and, a shit. It's, it's kind of like season one with Jokus when they, you know, left uh, the, the gangbanger to die. Like, it's kind of like, come on, they're going to be questioning this a little bit more. Yeah, and that's, and you know, that's why I, you know, I said earlier, I understand why he goes out the way he does because that's exactly what a complete, uh, I don't know what he would be if he would be a psychopath, a sociopath, or a narcissist. But here I go getting all criminal mindsy. Um, that that's exactly what that's exactly what someone like someone like him would do rather than mm. die in prison, you know, because he was just so arrogant. He was so full of himself and all that. But I mean, so, yeah, I get why the whole why CT ends that way. But I still say, you know, it's kind of anticlimactic. I wanted to see him actually arrested. I wanted to see him charged i wanted to see him convicted yeah look i don't disagree with you and i kind of definitely see your point um i don't know if i necessarily personally would agree like i kind of 
I yeah, I'm 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 indifferent on it. Like I definitely would like to see him get justice too, but I also kind of think it's fitting for him because it's kind of the slime ball way out of it, you know what I mean? Um so yeah, I don't know. Like it yeah, it's an interesting one, but I think it's kind of it's it's done in a manner which at the end of the day benefits the Brendan character. And I think kind of if you look at it on a, a grand scheme of things of taking Brendan forward, I think this is the best way to do it. I don't think you get Brendan moving forward the same way as you would if he's on trial. And the thing is, if you're getting convicted, you're going to have to have him on trial. And maybe if they knew they were having season seven, they probably wouldn't have killed him off and they probably just would have maybe had it drag out a little bit longer. But then at the same yeah. time, you've also got the, the possibility of repeating yourself. Like, you know, we complained about that last week or whatever it was with Yokus and kind of Emily and kind of, you know, you get this really lackluster ending to a six-season storyline that we were getting sick of. Um, yeah. So you could have just had that, like, hey, we get it, Davis's dad was murdered, like, come on now, like, let's keep going on with this. So it's kind of like in Blue Bloods how the first few seasons kind of revolved around um, the other brother who was killed before the show started and kind of we got Joe. that. Um, Joe, yeah, and we, we eventually got, I guess, the, um, the justice for how he died. So I think it's sort of, um, yeah, and I haven't really revisited that in a long time. So uh, there's there's definitely an element to it where I think it can keep going on a little bit too far. But I, again, I, I definitely see your point, and I think I don't think you're wrong. So um, I just maybe look at it slightly differently. But anyway, yeah, um, <clears throat> we've we've got uh, the interrogation room here. Um, and Cruz is sort of talking to Detective Rice, like, oh, is JTTF working? And he sort of tells his spiel about, I woke up on, um, September 11 and, you know, actually, no, that's the next episode. Isn't it? He, this one's a bit where he's saying, like, oh, old buildings are standing, that were standing on September 12th are still standing. Um, so that's a, I like the nice conversation between them there. I like that line. I think that's a good line that he says. Yeah. Um, and then we look into the room and we see that this guy's been questioned. His nose starts bleeding. He's got radiation burns all over him and everyone's contaminated. It's kind of an odd thing to kind of not notice this before. So I've got to say, Detective Rice kind of, you know, not doing his job very well. Um, and then we kind of get this weird sort of slow music, sad montage thing. We've got Bosco squeezing a ball, getting his strength up. Holly sad. Mrs. Finney coming home to see uh, uh, C.T. Finney dead. There's a weird kind of drum beat going on in the background. It's just like this weird tense ending. Um, and then we get the weirdest ending I might think of every Third Watch episode where we've got this guy standing in this interrogation room surrounded by cops who are all contaminated now apparently and just this weird zoom out of him going Allah Akbar and then it kind of ends and it says to be continued. So yeah. it's an odd ending. It's kind of, I don't know if we need this ending and the cliffhanger but you know it's not terrible it's just odd it's just a weird ending yeah and i mean this is a i mean it does it does work as a cliffhanger you know he's contaminated so has everyone who's been so has everyone who's been in contact with him bum 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 uh-oh what happens next mm. which the mm. thing i will say though around this though is that like we're literally in, what, two episodes, three episodes, going to have another whole storyline about contamination and medical things and everything. Like, could yeah. we not have just done this episode as a medical investigation? Like, like it's weird that we kind of get two two-part episodes in a way in the space of, like, five episodes or six episodes. Like, it's odd, don't you think? Like, we could have done this with medical investigation and not had this at all. You mean the one that we... the instead of the one that we do have with medical invas investigation, this I almost said medical invasion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that's wow, an that's interesting a show, show title. <laughs> yeah. Medical Invasion coming this fall to NBC. Uh, but yeah, anyway. No, I think, yeah. I think that you could have done this just... I don't know if it feels repetitive by the time we get it in a few episodes. And we kind of had that last season, too, with Outbreak. So, um, yeah. Lockdown, yes. Lockdown, Outbreak, same bloody difference. Outbreak's one with the monkey. <laughs> You've got to get that damn monkey. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's just odd that you kind of have a two-part episode... Well, something with a to-be-continued episode around contamination um, when we're going to have this literally in a few weeks with a spin-off. Uh, and a, yeah. A, you know, anyway, whatever. That's the point. We'll talk about that in a few weeks. But um, what are you doing with this episode, Darvel? I am... It's it's a it's a low one, but it's a low one. But I think there's enough in it to warrant it. I'm 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 giving this a buy. I am two. Yes, I am actually going to buy this because I think kind of you've got some strong scenes in this, and yeah, there's some bit hammy stuff and kind of stuff that I'm a bit indifferent about. But at the same time, like I think you know, looking at things at season six, like it's a season six buy, but I think it's still decent enough and it kind of holds strong. And I'm actually putting this up a little higher than I thought I would actually. I've put this as the second highest episode of this season. Um, So I've got this at number 56 out of 123 episodes, of course, counting for next week's episode as well. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I surprised myself by putting as high as I did. But, um, you know, it's on the cusp of the halfway point. So, yeah, that's that's where I think it's it's a solid episode and definitely... Um, some ones that has, and I just think going back to like the feel of old episodes too, it's kind of the, the music and the editing, I think too, is a little bit of, um, you know, reminiscence of some of the old episodes, kind of what last week was. So, yeah. yeah. So that's what we do. But uh, next week, the other L word, um, the conclusion to this again, sort of a two parter, sort of not, but, um, you know, there's, there's some interesting stuff in there, I guess. And, uh, two, well, there's one definite top five moment, I think next episode, but, um, Possibly two. I think there's another one which um, I'm going to be an advocate for for a, another top five moment. So, um, yeah. yeah. But I, again, having said that, with two top five moments potentially, I also don't think it's as strong as this week's episode. So, yeah, it's an odd one. But I think maybe the two potential top five moments put this up higher than it probably would have been if they weren't in this episode. Yeah. Yep. All righty. So, so be looking forward to that, peeps. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to the regular channels, and we will be there back and ready to go and talking about stuff and everything. My name is Ben, and I was going to end the episode by saying uh, a line which probably would come across as me saying it wrong, so I'm just going to say, I'm going to do a Darvel here, and see you next week, peeps! (laughs) Yes, indeed. We will indeed see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.